Mr. Ranger John DiMartino is equally at home playing jazz, Cuban, or Brazilian music, making him a favorite bandmate and accompanist in multiple genres. John Hendricks, Keely Smith, and Freddie Cole have collaborated with him, and pianist Benny Green says John's music is an honest outpouring of light. John and I met during a stormy day in New York City to discuss it all. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Like many musicians, John started gigging as a teen, but unlike most, he decided it might not be for him. Oddly enough, uh, I started very early, like 15, my first gig. I remember it was a New Year's Eve gig, but somewhere around the age of 19, I think in a way I got a little regressive, and I was... I wasn't uh, so ambitious about getting involved in music. I oh, don't that's know why. interesting. But I, After you'd been gigging. Yeah, but oddly enough, um, oddly enough, I felt like destiny kept pulling me back, and I feel very grateful for that. It's almost like God or whoever said, no, you have to do this. So I started to do a steady gig in Philadelphia, and then from there, I started to do work in Atlantic City, which led to this house band gig that became actually my music school. You know, oddly enough, in that period of my early formative days when I feel like I was a little regressive, I had gotten even a scholarship to uh, Berkeley and I didn't go, stupid things like that, a chance to do a summer summer uh, uh, course in, at uh, Eastman. I was kind of pulling myself back. Why? I don't know why. I think some kind of irrational fear... Which, uh, you know, I maybe, uh, hopefully I don't deal with it now. But uh, like I said, the call to do music, it kept bringing me back. So the gig at the Golden Nugget, it started out, uh, I was playing with a singer-pianist, Frankie Randall. I don't know if you remember him. Vaguely familiar name. Yeah, he's sort of like in the Sinatra genre mm. but maybe a little late for that mm-hmm. and the gig would be you know he would play uh i would play maybe uh three or four tunes of the piano and then he'd come to the piano and i'd play keyboard like i'd add little string lines so after a month of that i was really unhappy i really hated it i just <laughs> wanted to play piano i didn't want to have one finger on a, on a whole note on a string so uh. I went to his office and I said I said to him that I wanted to quit. And he he had more foresight than I did. He said, "John, he said, I can't tell you why, but hang in there. You're going to like this gig." And I did he could I found out why. Uh he became the entertainment director. So suddenly in this little lounge room with a house uh, trio it was called steve's lounge um he would book other artists and so for three years i got to work with the list goes on uh uh billy Eckstein, fran warren jack sheldon i don't know if you know great singer from chicago frank derone people that at that period in time were thought of, thought of as has-beens, but they weren't has-beens. They were actually the people that we 
admire and study. They were icons to us. And so, they have years of experience oh, yeah, that they can give you yes. so much more yeah. than just their musical experience. Exactly. Just who they are. Yes. I mean, like, you know, especially in the case of uh, Mr. B, you know, Billy Eckstein and uh, Bobby Tucker, they took a shine to me. And uh, uh, I learned so much from them. Everything I have is yours, you're part of me. Everything I have is yours, my destiny. I would gladly give the sun to you If the sun were only mine I would gladly give the earth to you And the stars that shine Everything that I possess, I offer you. Let my dream of happiness come true. be happy just to spend my life waiting at your beck and call everything Stein, one of the many people my guest, pianist John DiMartino, got to work with early in his career. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. So you have all this experience with accompanying different kinds of people, mm -hmm. and one of the things I was fascinated with about you is the range of things that you're interested in and how you've been exposed to so many different things. Has that been something that you think has 
just happened that you have uh, assertively gone out and thought, I want to learn about that kind of music? Because you really do have an unusually broad and surprising, in some ways, range, I think, of what you're doing. So talk about how that's all come together, how that's happened for you. Well, you know, growing up, uh, I have a brother that's nine years older that was a theater person. So I grew up with a lot, a lot of theater music, uh, especially, uh, you know, whenever I hear West Side Story, I have a very strong emotional reaction because it takes me back to those years. But I remember also growing up with Gypsy, uh, a lot of great musicals, uh, Hair. You know. uh, it's funny, in my neighborhood, uh, Jim Rado lives in my neighborhood, and I run into him from time to time and get little anecdotes about hair. You know, But uh, I, uh, when I was in high school, uh, uh, I had some Latin friends that were turning me on to Afro-Cuban music. My brother was a social worker in the Hispanic part of Philadelphia, and uh, a couple of the guys he worked with were sort of weekend warrior musicians. And he said, hey, can I bring my little brother up to jam with you guys? So little by little, I got involved in the salsa scene in, in uh, Philadelphia. But I was only uh, 15 years old, so I was still going to high school. But I was doing salsa gigs, you know, during the week and the weekends. So in a formative uh, time of my life, even though I, I, I have an Italian background, I don't have an Hispanic background, I... Um, Latin music became part of my DNA. So it wasn't until years later when I moved to New York, uh, I think I was almost 30 when I moved to New York, uh, I had a gig which I didn't like so much. I worked at the Rainbow Room with the, uh, with the, American, <laughs> with the American band. Oh, you did at the yeah. Rainbow Room. That and was such a good gig. There was continuous music between the American band and the Latin band. So... Um, uh, sometimes the pianist with the Latin band would be a little bit late, so I'd wind up filling in for him. And and they were surprised that I played Latin music, but it was I sort of grew up with it. Siempre que te pregunto. Que cuando, como y donde, tú siempre me respondes, quizás, quizás, quizás. Y así pasan los días, y yo desesperado, y tú, tú contestando, quizás, quizás, quizás. Estás perdiendo el tiempo Pensando, pensando Por lo que más tú quieras Hasta cuándo, hasta cuándo Y así pasan los días Y yo desesperado Y tú, tú contestando Quizás, quizás, quizás Isaac Delgado on an arrangement by my guest, John DiMartino. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I eventually started to play with a Latin band as well. And then 
that's significant only because, I mean, it was a silly gig. We were mostly playing uh, tangos for, uh, for like, you know, rented gigolo dancers, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> we, we, Don't we, spoil my image of the rainbow no, room. We, we had less kinder words for those people. Than, I know. Oh, but move I'll on. save that. Move, move on. on. Let people have their but, romantic visions. But in that band was a great bass player, Victor Venegas. He's no longer with us. He's, he's the original bass player with Mongo Santa Maria. Virgilio uh, Marti, great percussionist from Cuba, who played with Potato. So that propelled me into the uh, Latin scene, and I began to work with uh, Bobby Sanabria for many years, Potato Valdez, and then eventually with uh, Ray Barreto. You know. <laughs> I can see by the look on your face, there's lots of stories with that. Oh, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> John DiMartino on piano from his CD, Turnaround. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Something that strikes me with so many musicians who come on the show and talk about their upbringing, their inspirations, is the importance of the feel, that it's all about feel. Oh, yes. Because I could no more play Cuban, Afro-Cuban music this minute, even if it was all written out for me, even if you spent hours and hours with me, I loved how you said it was in your DNA, even though your background, you're Italian. Right, right. And that's really what these things are, because I think it's sometimes a mystery to the listeners, to the people who aren't in our field. They'll think, well, why do they like so-and-so? Why don't they like so-and-so? He plays, he's a lot I'm making this up, but he's a lot fancier because what they're hearing is lots of notes. Mm -hmm. And what we're all hearing is the feel. Right, right. Which is the most important thing. Speak to that. You know, I think it breaks down to love, really, what you fall in love with. And, of course, you have to have the talent to be able to investigate and develop it. But I'll quote Ray Barreto, who was a New Yorkan, but he said there were many cats that played great Congas, he said, who, who never saw a palm tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's great. But it's true. It's just like I've known some people that are very interesting and know a lot about the world, and they've traveled very little. But they're voracious readers. They're really into it. I think that it's what you immerse yourself in mm -hmm. with love. I love that you said it that way. I think it's really true. Think and it's somebody, the key element. Yeah, it is. And I... Speaking of love, <laughs> there's someone you love that I love too, Hank Jones. Oh, yes. And I used to go listen to him at the Carlisle. Did you ever be, and I would see him. You may be able to answer a question for me about Hank because I've always wondered about this. Now, 
You've told me that you loved him because he influenced the way you accompany in a lot of ways because he was such a great accompanist. Now, many was the time that I heard Hank. Now, I went to hear him play solo because that's what he was. But he would let people out of the audience sit in with him. I remember that, yes. And (laughs) it always humbled me and fascinated me Mm -hmm. because he did it, of course, brilliantly. Oh, yes. With class, no matter how horrible they were. Mm -hmm. And they were much worse than the bad musician I just played with that I was mad about. And I was trying to be nice about it, but But, I got stuck with some bad bass player. mm -hmm. Talk about that. Why did he do it? How did he do it? I, why did he do it? I've never it, it understood. Why did like, he say no? You know, he always had that pleasant little smile. smile on his face. I noticed, though, if people were somewhat under par, he had these wonderful chromatic devices. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he would just kind of smile. As, Let's see if you can navigate around this one. And he'd just uh, have a little smile. It wasn't malicious at all. It was just like oh, a little, it was a little fun. funny to re- see if I he remember, could just gently push them over Exactly. Cliff. This makes me feel much better. There is a funny story uh, <laughs> that uh, Warren Vachet told me. He was working with Hank in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Hank and George Brands, of course, I've been fortunate to do quite a few record dates with George Braz. George basically hears the paint off the walls. You can, as a pianist, you can play anything you want. I'm sure Tommy Flanagan was very happy. Um, But uh, they were doing a lot of these sort of chromatic, uh, moving the changes chromatically. And it was uh, starting to get a little bit on Warren's nerves. So Warren, on a day off, he happened to pass by a bicycle store and he he bought a a bicycle uh, gear shift Mm-hmm. And he and he brought it to Hank to Hank's mm-hmm. hotel room, and he said, "Here, the next time you you're going to change keys, you use this gear shift so I can see that's as, a, as a signal." That's <laughs> hilarious! Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Warren has that kind of sense of humor. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, that's great. Talk about that. Just do a work and specifically well, it's making interesting a CD with Warren. How that happened? Uh, I was actually had booked three days to finish sort of a marathon, two projects for Venus Records, uh, two trio projects. But I guess we moved at a manic pace and we finished in two days. So I had a third day left in the studio and I thought, wow, what am I going to do? I wasn't, I hadn't really thought much about a solo CD. So I called Warren up the day before and, and I, I said, Warren, you know, what are you doing? And he, I got his stock answer. He said, what are you doing tomorrow? He said, he said well, I'm sitting at, sitting at home practicing the trumpet in my underwear, hoping somebody will call me. And I said, okay, you, you want to make a duo You know, he said that to me. I thought he just said that to me. <laughs> no, he that's, says that's, that that's to a everybody. stock answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
pianist John D. Martino on Love Me or Leave Me from their CD Impromptu. inspired coming back around to hank Mm -hmm. hank jones what specifically about him accompanying was so appealing to you well first of all the the elegant touch and what that elegant touch enables you know there are three pianists that i think of that are masters of inner voices Mm -hmm. one is hank jones Mm -hmm. the other great master is George Shearing and the other is Bill Evans and you need this beautiful Chopin-esque touch to even even enable that music to exist I mean there are other great pianists but without that touch 
all that's lost. In what know. way? Explain that to our listeners well, and to other people who to, aspire to be great accompanists. To bring out all the subtleties. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, subtlety is very important because uh, even subtlety in terms of dynamics, volume, certain music, you can only access and ex- it only exists at a certain volume. Once you get louder, it, it's gone. Every, it's gone. Yeah. It, it really makes a difference. You know, it's interesting. I've tried to explain to to piano technicians about pianos mm-hmm. before a concert. And I will talk about that because playing a percussive style like I do with stride, you really if anything, need that even more. You need the oh, dip, course. which for our listeners, that's how, how deep the, the key is going down. I need all of that play. And as you know, a lot of piano keys, if they're not regulated correctly, you have to really push to get it to go down. Right. So practically everything's loud. Right. It's very hard to play softly because if you right. hit it sensitively, like you're talking about, the key doesn't go down. You don't have good control. You don't have yeah. good control. And those are those things that everything gets lost. You can't hear all that beauty. So I loved you talking about those inner voicings. And that will lead the singer in a different way. And you're thinking in terms of just the accompanying and the, the orchestrating around the singer? Sure. When I accompany, what I'm going for is a section of French horns. Because I want, I want the colors that I'm playing to be felt more than heard. So the problem is if the piano is too bright then uh, everything sticks out. I can't, I can't uh, I, I'm actually looking for that sort of murky area where you, where you feel this pad of support. You know, I mean, some of the great arrangers do that, like, um, you know, George Colandrelli, who writes a lot for uh, Tony Bennett, you know. It's almost like you don't, really, you don't really consciously hear what the notes are in the voicings, but you feel this beautiful pad supporting him, you know. Look at yourself If you had a sense of humor You would laugh to beat the band Look at yourself Do you still believe the rumor That romance is simply grand Since you took it on the chin You have lost that toothpaste grin My mental state is all a jumble I sit around and sadly mumble And here I am Very glad to be unhappy I can't win But here I am Unrequited love's a bore 
heart for someone you adore. It's a pleasure to be sad, like a straying baby lamb, with no mammy and no pappy. I'm so. Nancy Wilson with Hank Jones on piano on Glad to Be Unhappy. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway and Sons and from East Hampton Indoor Tennis, eight indoor and 20 outdoor courts in a quiet, beautiful park-like setting. Visit ehit.ws for more information. Additional support for Jazz Inspired is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. And from Sag Harbor Florist, visit sagharborflorist.net. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Stride Queen. To find out more about my music, books, and where I'm touring, and to sign up for our email newsletter, visit judycarmichael.com. I'm talking with pianist John DiMartino about one of his biggest influences, Herbie Hancock. What I love about Herbie, a couple of things. One is uh, his, what I call, it's something that I try to seek, uh, the poetic element in playing, which is the use of space. Um, And it's something that I think he developed uh, with his apprenticeship uh, under Miles. Because when you think of Miles, you know, Miles is never 
in a rush to impress. You know, it's like he waits. He's, he's in the moment. He waits to hear what the universe wants to tell him to play, what motif is going to morph through him. And then he waits to see, okay, where do we go from here? Mm. He, it's, um, uh, he, it's, Herbie talks about that. He talks about that and he talks about also being non-judgmental uh, because to really be in the moment, you have to sort of accept everything that happens, especially in an improvising situation. Oh, that's nice. And oddly enough, I found out from, you know, I studied with Lenny Tristano. I got the last year of his life. Mm. And I found out from Lee Konitz that Herbie talks about an influence from Lenny. And I remember Lenny telling me, Lenny spoke in an old bebop jargon. He said, uh, you have to turn your wig off. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And then he began to elaborate. He said, never criticize your playing while you're playing. Because you think about it, it's so easy to get in, in the past in music. You know, he said, he said, your wig tells you, oh, that wasn't so good. I didn't do that so well. I should have done this. And it, it pulls you out of being in the moment. Wow. Uh, so I love this uh, poetic approach in Herbie's playing. And, and I'm sure uh, Miles has a lot to do with it. Plus, you know, think of the insight of Miles. I mean, everyone that he hired in his band went on to become uh, uh, innovators and in avatars of the music. So he, he was able to see that in each of his individuals. See the future. And help it, help it develop. There's a little snippet from Herbie's master class. He talks about, he's talking about this a lot. It's, concert with Miles mm -hmm. and he comes in with the wrong chord literally the wrong chord oh, and he's like oh my god I just ruined this whole mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. and Miles played something that validated it Oh! And that, and that proved to him like oh there is no wrong Miles didn't say schmuck you know he just played yeah, something yeah he just played it, it. <laughs> that's beautiful it's a great story you that, can is, find that. that is so beautiful <laughs> for all of us who play but for all of us in life. Yeah, yeah, because life think is like about that, it, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to a yeah. conference years ago in Aspen that Michael Crichton was the chairman of it, and the, the theme was success and failure. So we had all these great speakers who spoke. It was a design conference about how they capitalized on failure, quote, failure. The whole conference was about that. So it's exactly what you're saying.
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is pianist John DiMartino. The thing about Herbie Hancock, and I think about his generation, uh, by that I mean Chikoria, Keith Jarrett, uh, Joe Zavadol, maybe he was slightly older, but when I was growing up, you know, those were like the four gods of jazz piano of, of that, but what is so amazing about those individuals is the breadth of their talent. Like, they all played the classical repertoire. They all uh, had a sense of the history of jazz. Mm. Yet they played so much else. They all checked out, you know, world music, you know, rock and roll, country music, funk music. Like, it, 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 there's, a, there's a very eclectic, open thread in their playing, which mm. I think made uh, the things they accessed uh, very great. Well, they brought it back into what they were doing. Exactly. And kept, right. kept growing. But right. that's the very thing that I've been so impressed with with you is your enormous enthusiasm for continuing to learn, bring in different kinds of music. The very thing that I, I just heard a wonderful piece on Yo-Yo Ma and all that he's done to try to keep bringing things. I mean, he's zoomed through that repertoire like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's a cellist to do? And uh, <laughs> we at least play piano, so we can, there's, there's a lot to play, a, lot, a big repertoire. Right. But I think that's a very important part of, of an artist that, if an artist is going to stay inspired, I think that's a very important part of it because we cannot keep playing the same thing and stay interested. I don't think anybody can. Do you? Right. If you're no. playing exactly the same thing, it's got to get boring. No, to stay stimulated uh, artistically. And uh, I look at it, it's just about being in context or, or I think about it as, uh, as uh, different languages. You know, you want to speak the language and experience the culture as deeply as you can, you know. Mm. So whatever situation I'm in, I try to morph into that, whatever is needed, you know. Mm. Or the, the old you're cats really would say, living within it. Yeah, cover cover the gig, whatever it is, mm. you know. Yeah, but fully, not just play the notes, have the feel and the whole thing. They also were talking. I, I heard a piece on that most people in the world, except for Americans, grow up with at least two languages, mm -hmm. and how that changes you because mm -hmm. you're not only speaking the words of another language, you are getting a different viewpoint totally. because other languages, and this is wonderful that I just heard this piece and you're talking about it. That's why other languages don't have words for certain things or have words for other things because their perspective is very different because their place in the world is different, how they so how they approach the world is different. Right, And right. so that's what you're really saying about music. You have to totally be into that language to make it work. Yeah, I'm sure people that grow up bilingual, you know, they have an edge. Like, they realize that they're more cultures to experience. Mm -hmm. And then also they see, the, they see the, uh, what unites them, you know. Exactly, exactly. And you're a big fan of Brazilian music. Oh, yes. So you get to talk about Jobim and your own experiences with Brazilian music, because that's a whole other feel. Mm -hmm. Talk about the Jobim track that oh, you brought me. That is one of the many Jobim tracks that I just have to play over and over again. And the, uh, uh, this is Ligia from the record Urubu, which has uh, 
Also, a really fascinating tune on it called uh, Obotu, which is a, a Bayao, uh, Bayao rhythm. Uh, but this piece, Ligia, uh, I love uh, Klaus Argument's arrangement so much that it's, uh, I just sometimes, I play it and I have to play it a second time and a third time. I can't get enough of it. Eu nunca sonhei com você Nunca fui ao cinema Não gosto de samba Não vou a Ipanema Não gosto de chuva Nem gosto de sol E quando eu lhe telefonei Desliguei, foi engano Seu nome não sei Esqueci no piano As bobagens de amor Que eu iria dizer Não, Ligia Ligia Eu nunca quis tê-la ao meu lado Num fim de semana Um chope gelado em Copacabana Andar pela praia até Leblon Não passou de ilusão O seu nome rasguei Fiz um samba canção Das mentiras de amor Que aprendi com você É Lígia Lígia Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is pianist John DiMartino. So talk about your Brazilian project with Janet Siegel. This is very yes. exciting. And this way I make you say the name of it because then I don't have to pronounce it because <laughs> your pronunciation, I have, I have pronunciation envy. 
That's wonderful. Okay, the origins of the Hekinche Trio. Ah, which, muito uh, obrigada. I, I think I met Nani Assis, I think when he was playing with the, uh, Vinicius Cantuaria, uh, and uh, uh, eventually uh, Nani started sitting in on gigs that I was doing with Janice Siegel. I've been working with Janice Siegel for a while. And then Nani approached the idea of the three of us having a group. And he came up with a name, which nobody can pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we started, uh, we had a couple sessions in the studio. The first was just recording three tunes and doing a video, like a promotional video. And then eventually it evolved into a CD. And it's a really fun project. I, I just, I love, what I've learned from uh, Brazilian music, um, especially from the way rhythm sections play, is that it's some of the most tasty uh, playing that I've that I've ever heard. Like uh, like something I listened to a lot was uh, Elise and Tom, Elise Regina and Antonio Carlos Schubert together. I listened together. to that over and over, over and over. Everything is perfect. About yeah, what, how that what trio makes it plays. so perfect? It's just so because tasty. I think there's this tremendous respect for the melody, mm. which is the focal point, the mm -hmm. melody, the lyric, the message. Mm -hmm. it, the focal point is never clouded, and mm. they always seem to come from the frame of reference. Like, how do we add just little by little? What do we need to make a perfect garment for that, mm. and, and not and not overdo it? So I think so much can be learned from listening to classic Brazilian music, just about taste and mm. subtlety and understatement. And I think we live in a time where we could use a little more of that because there's a lot of overplaying, I think. That on everything. On. Yeah. Everything. Chegou, sorriu, venceu, depois chorou, então fui eu quem business has changed so much over the years have you changed or are you doing what you've always been doing I'm sure I've changed you you sort of don't have a choice I mean how one, you're approaching the business is yeah, what I mean yeah one of the big paradigms that's changed is um, you know the paradigm of the record company you know now it's basically artists producing their own product I mean I feel fortunate there's two record companies that I still work with a, mm. a lot but um if i want to uh exercise my own uh, creative will 
Mm-hmm. I basically have to produce my own CD and I can have control over it, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean I've done a ton of work, for example, for um, Venus Records in Japan, but mm-hmm. it's really... Uh, you know, the old story of the one who pays the piper, you know, calls the tune. Right, so, right. And of course so it's I, good and bad. It's good and bad. And, I, of course, I'm happy to do it. It's given me a presence in Japan, for mm-hmm. example, which paves the way to other things. But uh, I think that's one of the significant changes. Mm. You know, there, there aren't record companies so much that are into uh, artist development. Right. Anymore. Well, that and that ended a long time ago. Yeah. I think people yeah, don't sure know did. that because I've had people talking to me about that on the show. So mm-hmm. I'm getting that, that input. But I felt that changing. We were sort of the last of that. Yes. You know, I mean, when we yes. were really young, we mm-hmm. were just, that was still happening. But I could already see, at least I felt, that it wasn't going to be happening anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's been going on for some time. I mean, even before iTunes and all those things, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And, of course, we're at the point now where very few people, there's no record markets, you know. I mean, one of the last ones is in Japan, you know, because mm-hmm. you can still go into a record store. You can go into Tower Records. In Japan, there are still uh, stores that sell only jazz or classical music, mm-hmm. and, and people mm-hmm. have civilized things like listening clubs. I know. That would be considered really nerdy here, I think. Oh, well, no. They wouldn't even be nerdy. It'd go to the next, whatever the next level is. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, right. They, they can't yeah. even imagine such a thing. Yeah, I think it's, that's that's wonderful, I, that it still exists. And, and you have a new record that you've recorded, but it doesn't have a name yet. No, it's a new project. With Frank You know, with Vignola. a great guitar, virtuoso guitarist, Frank Vignola. Mm-hmm. He's actually survived a life-threatening accident. And by, by you know, some a miracle, he's perfectly intact and playing just as great as he always was. I didn't know that. And um, he called me up and he said, John, I, he wanted to reincarnate in a bit of a new way. And uh, he said he wanted to do the Frank Vignola with the John DiMartino Trio. So we have in the can uh, a record that's mainly Great American Songbook with a few variations. Mm-hmm. There's a Charlie Parker tune. There's cool. an original of Frank's mm-hmm. that he calls The Crash. <laughs> wow. It was, it was an accident on a... Uh, on a, a bicycle? An, uh, ATV. Uh, 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 a motorbike? Uh, or? Yeah, a motorbike. Kind of a motorbike. <sighs> Thing. Very George Clooney of him. <laughs> yeah. ay, ay, ay. But he's okay, you know. Thank God goodness. bless. And uh, we uh, we're going to be at uh, Marion's in uh, Switzerland. Oh, and, good. Uh, and we've got some other dates around Switzerland, and I'm going to stay a little longer and do some dates in Austria. Uh, in fact, Boris Kozlov and I, the b- bass player, we're going to stay. And there's a drummer in Austria we work with, uh, Clemens Martel. So we'll, we'll be in. Are Europe you in for the what is it? The jazz basement or what is that place called? Oh, in, you're thinking in, in Vienna. The yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Jazz cellar? No, it's oh boy. I can't think of it. It is a wine cellar, an old wine cellar, right? Yeah, it's called, yeah. We are going to be there, and I can't say it. I can't think of it. Axel is the guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy, right. Yeah. We, isn't this hilarious? We can think of the way it looks. We can think <laughs> of the guy of the owner's name, and I'll tell you a, a funny story that I thought was interesting. I'm stalling <laughs> while you think of it. That. I played there uh, a few years ago, and everybody said, the president is is a fan, and he's going to come. And I thought they meant the president of the jazz club, and it was the president of Austria. <laughs> and in he came with four staff, 
in a cellar with only one entry and one exit, the president <laughs> of the country. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's just a little bit different here in America. Could you imagine we'd have the president come and just be hanging out at a jazz club? It wouldn't happen. And you haven't thought of the name of this place, right? I've stalled no, long enough. Anyway. It's, it's the anchor it, gig for the whole, for the rest okay. of the tour. But enough of jazz land. <laughs> Jazzland, Vienna. Beep, beep, beep. There you go. I won it. I Thank won you. it. Okay, good, good. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy. Servus. I feel like That's exactly. my imitation of being an Austrian. Uh, perfect. So you're going to do that, and you did this CD, and this was uh, a wonderful project. So you have with the bass player and um, who's on drums, or is there a drummer? Yes. Is Alvin uh, on it? No, Vince Cherico. Uh-huh. And on the recording, actually, Ed Howard played bass. Ah. Wonderful, great basses. So that'll be fun. That's great. Now, final thing I have to ask you, because I love anything that gives musicians an excuse to get together in a consistent way, and I know Amy Servini has a singer's night that she does things, and I always think that's wonderful. She's always gathering people together, and you have a once a month get-together. We talk about this at the Zinc Bar right here in New York, right? Yes, this is hosted by Janice Siegel Uh and Lauren Keenan, Uh and it's a ton of fun. Uh, We have a special guest, Mm -hmm. and then we have all these little cameo spots. And guests, they run the gamut stylistically. We've had had Theo Blackburn, we've had Kate McGarry, we've had Joe Lowry, who's amazing talent from Austria. She sings with, from Australia, excuse Mm -hmm. me. She sings with Sting, that's her day game, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) And uh, we're going to have Sheila Jordan. But uh, cameos have been like, you know, Carla Cook, uh, Sachel uh, Basandani, uh, Gretchen Barlato, the list goes on. We're going to wow. have uh, Claudia Cunha. And what night? It's, so people, well, if they're in New York, they can come to this? It's not a regular night. It, okay. It's once a month. It's not happening in August. It'll okay. happen again in September. Right. Have the date in my head, but that's all right. Uh, but you do. But if they check out the zinc the bar, zinc bar exactly. or they go yeah. to your site, right? Will it be on your site? Do you say if you're talking uh, about where you're going to be? Possibly, I'll put it on my, my site. Needs a little. Work. I'm inspiring you. <laughs> yes. I'm inspiring you. Yes, you need to. We need to get with this. I think it's called social media, John. Yes, but if you, we if, really need to but step I'm good it up with Facebook, I know that's what it's all right. Way then out. go to Facebook. <laughs> go to Facebook. I don't know. I can't keep up with what it is. I'm just glad we're both here. John, this is fantastic. I'm such a fan. I had the honor of singing with you once. I hope it happens again. I had the honor of playing with you, so I I hope it happens again. Thank you, and thank you for taking the time. And you you braved the storm through through thunder and lightning. And thank you so much for having me. Really, absolutely, it was great. Honored to be here. Thank you. You've been listening to my conversation with John D. Martino. 
I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another celebrated creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineers are J.D. Allen and Curtis Heidolf. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our opening music was Airmail Special, and mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love for my CD trio. I'm on piano with Mike Hashem on sax and Chris Flory on guitar. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway and Sons. Jazz Inspired is also sponsored in part by Page at 63 Main in Sag Harbor, New York, serving organic microgreens and vegetables grown on their own energy-efficient indoor and outdoor aquaponic farms. Better taste, happier planet. Visit Page at 63 Main at opentable.com. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspire, visit our website at jazzinspire.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspire.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Stride Queen. For more information, visit judycarmichael.com or jazzinspired.com. 